told me that he told me that we can know about his glory. That it's his desire that we experience it. His glory. It's part of who he is. His glory is light. And it pierces the darkness. In Genesis, it was his glory that came forth when he spoke, let there be light. Glory of the Lord. I pray that he continues to reveal and show us his glory this day forward. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear it. Because we know when you gathered your people before Mount Sinai, they could hear your glory and your voice. In the fiery finger of God when you wrote the commandments, you desired to write on their hearts, God, because they were afraid of you, you wrote them on stone. But we ask you today, would you write your word upon these hearts by the fiery finger of God today and every day forward? We stand in awe of you. We stand in reverence of you. We stand in the fear, the right fear of the Lord of you today. We give you the glory. We give you the glory. Flashes of lightning, light, fiery, light. His glory is weighty. That's how the dictionary defines it. We can sense the weight of his presence and the weight of his glory in our midst this morning. Never had I imagined we were going to have him reveal himself in this way. <laughs> we never know what you're going to do, Father. So magnificent. You declared in your word that all the earth would be filled with your glory. 
in Psalm 72, 19, filled, the earth will be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Your glory is forever. It's eternal. It was, it is, and will be forever. God spoke to me yesterday and he said, my glory is revealed in all, every single miracle that I do. My glory is revealed in miracles. He reveals his glory to us in so many ways. But one of the greatest ways that mankind ever experienced here on earth was the manifestation of his glory in his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son to reveal his glory, to reveal the glory of God in the earth. And he lived here for 33 years before he died on the cross and was raised again from death after three days, nights or nights in the grave. He was raised up in glory. There was a light. The glory filled that cave. And it released life. And the glory of the Lord shone upon him. His glory is revealed in these miracles. His glory was revealed when he, when he changed the water to wine. Come on. His glory was revealed when he gave that little baby at one-year-old life. And she's gone on to bear fruit and has a son that's nine years old. Beautiful. We've all had miracles in our lives. So I'm here to tell you, if you've received a miracle or more than one, then you've received the glory of God touching your life. His glory does the impossible. It does the absolute impossible. Resurrection is impossible. <laughs> Without the glory of the Lord. Jesus is the manifestation of God's glory. Do you get it? If you've received Jesus and asked him into your heart, what's living in you? The glory of God. The glory of God. And we as his little children are just learning now. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in us, and now we must let it be seen and released. The glory of God. It's all his. He shares it with no other, the word says, yet he sent Christ as the manifestation of glory, and it lives. he lives in you. The glory of God lives in this temple. 
it's no longer a temple that we all go to. I mean, we come to this building, we call it the church, but you are the church. You are the temple that he longs to fill with his glory. And nothing, it can't be contained. Nothing can contain the glory. His glory is living forever and ever. It cannot be contained. And in John 1.14 it said, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There is grace in his glory. There is truth in his glory. There is life in his glory. There's judgment in his glory. There's justice in his glory. It's all-encompassing. It's a subject so vast none of us have the intelligence or anything that we can, we can say it without him revealing it. It's his. That's why it belongs to him. And when man tries to take his glory, <laughs> God forbid, God have mercy, for it's his and his alone. In Hebrews 1, 3, it says, Jesus, God's Son, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus was his express image. And what is your identity? If you have received Christ, if you have received the Son, this is his desire. This is your DNA. We sang in one of those songs, your blood runs through these veins. Yes, may it overtake us. May it consume us. May his glory consume us. It's fire. He's a consuming fire. And then Jesus said, now glorify, Father, glorify my, thy son. Before he went to the cross, he says, now, now, Father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before, before the world was. As he was the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth were ever made. God's glory and provision for our sin. And then in Colossians 1.27, he says, To you, God, to whom God, to you, God would make known what is the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. The mystery among the Gentiles. 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you will bring forth manifestations of glory. That is your hope. That the Christ in you will bring forth the glory of God. It will manifest in you and through you. That you will be that shining light upon the hill. That you will be that shining light wherever you are, at work, at home in the darkness of night, in the midst of the impossible, that God's glory, our hope of glory, the glory of God, will be released in these circumstances. We are the temples we carry. We are vessels. May God's glory and the fiery, consuming fire of his presence burn up everything that we don't need. Amen? May it changes, changes from glory to glory. One of the one of the moments that we we became acquainted with glory is remember we sang the song. Those words today were spoken by Moses. Basically, you're all I want. You're all I need. Show me your glory. And God granted it to him. He placed him in the cleft of the rock. And he said, I'm going to pass by you. You're going to see it. And we know that later, as Moses ascended the mountain, um, he came down again. And it, he, the glory was shining. His hair was white. The glory, God had shown him his glory, and he was manifesting it outwardly. We read about this story. But you are getting an opportunity right now to sense his glory right now stirring in you. I know you are. It's happening. It's touching your spirit. And it's driving out darkness that's inside of you. It's burning it up. There's this fire that's going on inside of you. It's getting rid of things that you don't need, that you really don't want. You don't want to hold on to that unforgiveness. You don't want to hold on to these things that you don't need. If you, if you lust after things in this life, if you lust after things, I, I don't know what it is, money, whatever, whatever it is that could be an idol, it's burning. God is burning it out. He's getting rid of it. We don't need that. We only need him. We only want him. And we want to reveal his glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we saw Moses was transfigured by his glory. There was a, there was a shining there, and and then, um, and then, um, then we had the greatest one was Jesus on the mountain when he took them up with a, a couple of his disciples, and and suddenly he was transfigured. He was changed. He was glorified. And they saw it, and they thought it was tabernacles, and they said, should we? And, and Elijah and Moses were there, remember? And Moses had, you know, he didn't get to go into the promised land, but here God brought him 2,000 years, you know, thousands of years later, and he comes in and he gets to see Jesus Christ. 
promised one. I'm loving it. The glory of God came to Jesus in the garden to do one thing, and it was to strengthen him. His glory was revealed to them during that transfiguration was to, re- to strengthen Jesus for what he had to face. I'm telling you that the glory of the Lord is here to strengthen you for what you are going to face in your walk. We've experienced this glory for a reason. We've experienced this moment in our lives right today, together, wherever you are, to reveal to us who Jesus is. So we remember. We don't get bogged down by the things in this life, the demands of it. He's not passing away. And I think that it was a reward for Elijah and Moses because of their hunger for God. Their hunger for God that God allowed them to be there at that moment on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured before he, you know, some time before he went to the cross. One of our main and ultimate purposes is that we are to carry God's glory. We're to carry it. We don't take it. This is a blessing. This is something for us to carry his glory wherever we go. I want to say that glory... Um, and unity are inseparable. Romans 8, 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's what the Apostle Paul said. The sufferings of this present time, the stresses of this present time, the everyday issues in your life, your tiredness, your I'm sick of this issues. Come on. Our mouths speak this. Our thoughts think these things. Paul reminds us today, the sufferings of this present Time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That gives us hope. The hope of glory, Christ in you. You see, the glory will be revealed, not created, because he's created it already. It's not something you drum up or you try to act like. It's his glory. And He's going to reveal it when he's good and ready. Wow. Hallelujah. It's not dependent on us. It's his glory. His glory is already existing. It's existent right now. But it's not always apparent. Sometimes it's because we're not looking for it because our eyes are set on all the present sufferings of this time and the things that consume our time, the wasting of our time. The revelation of his glory.
glory is not just to us as we've been exposed to us. It is the revelation of his glory is in us. It's in us. Galatians 1.16 says, To reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately. Immediately. Romans 9.23, And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had before prepared for glory. We're to be vessels of mercy, not vessels of wrath. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, among many. More than that, whom he did predestine, those he also called, and those he called, those he justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. It's talking about you. It's talking about God's plan for you. It's talking about the story of God in your life. Every chapter, the good and the bad. Jesus had, <laughs> Jesus had cha- chapters of suffering more than any of us have ever experienced. There's things that we are going to go through. There are things that we are going to go through and overcome. Amen? And overcome. The last scripture I want to read to you, but the 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. The same image means change of the image of Christ. You see, we read earlier that Jesus was saying, Lord, I, I'm here in your image, <laughs> and, and I want you to make them one, and I want you to reveal my glory to them that is going to make them one, like you and I are one, and we can have that unity that unity that I had with you and the oneness that that we've had from before the foundation of the world. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of the Lord that does this work. It's impossible for you to do. Don't, 
you know, somebody say, I'm never going to, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to live up to it. I, you know, whatever it is, get rid of that. It's God. He is the author and the finisher of the work, work that he started. He's the beginning and the end of it. And he will never forsake you nor leave you in this process. You will go from glory to glory. You will go from glory to glory because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. We started this morning with miracles, and and I mentioned miracles, and I wanted to show you something. Um, we experienced a miracle while we were away, and um, it was it was it was something we've prayed for, but unexpected. You know, H- how is that? How can that be? Something you believe for, something you pray about, something you contend for, and then. It was unexpected. The timing was unexpected. I think it's a prophetic to you that there may be things that you're hoping and dreaming of, the impossible mountains that must be removed, that you've prayed, move this mountain, change this circumstance, or whatever it is, and suddenly, suddenly, there's a suddenly in God, and God suddenly comes, and he does this thing, and you're just beholding his glory. His magnificent, his awesomeness. And we experienced this miracle. Um, I, I don't want to mention names. Some of you will know names, but I, I, I don't want to do that. But, I mean, this is, this is God. Only God could have done this. Uh, one of my daughters uh, was divorced many, many years ago, over 12 years ago. Uh, and before that, before that was the separation of all that, and it caused quite a stir in the church because they were both leaders in the church, and they were fine leaders. They were wonderful leaders, but we never disclosed openly what the issues were in the marriage. But the marriage was ended, and my son-in-law went in a direction. That he felt he was being led by God, but it brought so much division in our family and um, and the church and many people's lives that were hurt and wounded and confusion. And many, many people in our church left the church over it. And that was heartbreaking enough and all the wounding. I'm not going to go into the things that were done to Lonnie and I, but there were, there was great hatred. And we, um, uh, we never disclosed before the church, and that was one of the issues where it says, if there isn't reconciliation, then bring it before the church. One of the reasons is um, whether we were wrong or right, only God knows. Uh, it wasn't just because they were our kids. It was because we knew God could restore anything. God can change anything. He can change a heart. But sometimes when we hear about things that go on in people's lives, we don't forget. God puts it in the sea of forgetfulness when we repent and we come to him. But people, we find that difficult. 
I thank God for his mercy in our hearts to be able to let it go. We have to let it go. We let it go as quickly. It's like hot potato. We got beautiful potatoes up here. You know, hot potato, you just let it go. <laughs> just toss it into the sea of forgetfulness and get on, get on with serving God. My, my grandchildren's lives were shattered by this. And the fact that they knew what had caused this. When the rest of the people, other than just this, you know, they continued to be shattered. They were not reconciled. Well, there was no way to reconcile, though efforts had been made. The youth, you know, it depends. You, you can't reconcile with somebody that doesn't want to be reconciled to you, right? Um, and we were all struggling. <clears throat> there was great destruction for years, for years. But more recently, and I know my daughter contending, who would not want their children, if it was at all possible, to be reconciled with their father on earth <laughs> in this life, if it's possible. And we'd asked for that, that there would be a point. So while we were at this wedding, um, Friday night at the rehearsal dinner, I wore this. I wanted to bring it close because I was wearing this when this miracle started to begin. Their father made a call and he showed up at the wedding. He was not at his daughter's wedding a couple of years ago. He was not invited to the wedding. Do you understand? Out of concerns. Impossibilities. And he came to the wedding he came to the rehearsal dinner. It was shocking. Would it not have been shocking? He showed up. And before the dinner was over, he came to Lonnie and separately, and he came to me. Because when we first saw him there, we made the effort to say, hello and to greet him. And at the end, he came and he shook our hands. He came and he said, I haven't properly greeted you. And he shook our hands. It was an, it was an action of peace, okay, respect. Um, the next day was the wedding. And um, on the way to the wedding, my granddaughter was in the car that we were riding to the wedding. We were about 40, 45 minutes from where the wedding was going to be, I think, or half an hour or something. <clears throat> and we were discussing it. And she said, I just, I just know I've been pondering this. I just know in my heart 
that he's not the same person that he was. I won't share everything that she said uh, because it could be misconstrued, but there's no sense on carrying this around past anymore. I'm just letting it go. It's time to let it go. <laughs> hey, another miracle. We're going to the wedding. Lonnie and I, the wedding was in Jackson Hole. It was in the Grand Teton Park. And it was at the overlook of the Snake River. Now, before we got there, God had already told Lonnie, it was another one of our secret prayer times, uh, missions, and he said, when you go there, I want you to pray over and make declarations. I won't go into all that we prophesied and declared, but we took our God-given authority that we all received at the Feast of Tabernacles, another measure of authority, because God at the feast, if you remember, he said, you are the only legitimate governing authority in the earth. It's you. It's not the president. It's not your senators. It's you if you're walking with the Lord. What you speak for him goes. What you declare for him is. And just let the earth figure out how it's going to line up with it. But expect it to start at that moment. And we got there early, of course, and, but the bride and groom were delayed. They weren't there with the photographer. They hadn't shown up. So Lonnie and I, we were up. We had this walkway going to this overlook. So I said, well, there's nobody down at that end. Let's go down there. And little did we know... We had a much better view down at the end of the Snake River. And we took authority, and we made declarations for God. We made declarations for the earth. We made declarations for God's people. And we made declarations about the return of Christ. And we went on and on, and we took authority over the snake as it was represented there in the Grand Tetons. And these mountains are high. I don't want, they're beautiful. I don't want to get you the wrong thing, but it is the Snake River, and somebody named it for some reason, that, and these high places, and we declared over the high places that the altars of the enemy would be torn down and cast into that river. And so we did our thing, and then nobody noticed it. We just went down there by ourselves. We kind of could get loud down there because it was far enough from the other crowd. And then we went back up, and then finally the bride and groom came, and we were able to see. But Paul had not shown up yet. The children's, my, my son-in-law, my, my grandchildren's um, father. And, uh, well, some of you know his name. And so he uh, hadn't shown up yet, and I thought, I actually was concerned. I thought, did he get lost? That would be a horrible thing. You know, so, um, but when we got back, soon the bride and groom came. I saw him, and the rest of the family were all there. 
After we prayed, we prayed there would be no backlash. And you know that I have been falling under assaults. I've fallen twice in the last month, severely uh, damaging my knee. Just before the wedding began, we were taking pictures. They were coming. They had told us that we're going down to the site right where Lonnie and I had prayed. That was where the wedding was going to be held, unbeknownst to us. Okay? So we get there, and unfortunately, one of the brides, her aunt, was there, and she was walking around. Uh, I mean, nice lady. I'm not saying anything. And she fell. And she fell hard. She fell on her knees, and then she face-planted. She had a black eye. Possibly we could hear the bones hit the pavement there. It was bad. Her husband had to leave and take her into town and get medical help. And she was not able to attend the wedding nor the reception. Um, and the backlash didn't come to me, but I learned something. No backlash to anybody. You hear me? I knew that assault, who it had been meant for. But I learned now, no backlash towards anyone. Okay? We had the wedding. It was So as it's just beginning, you're going to see a little short video in a minute. As it's just beginning, we're looking up, and the kid's dad is standing by us. He'd been showing some people pictures he'd been taking. And, and he told us he'd seen a couple of eagles the day before. And all of a sudden, here comes a bald eagle, and it flies over the sky just as the wedding is beginning. There was no music. But I did, I said, try and get a clip of it. We were shooting right into the sun as it was setting. It was so bright. It was hard. We were all squinting. I, I didn't think it would show up on the film, but it did when we see it in a minute. And we started it with that. The wedding was amazing, but after the wedding was said and done, my daughter and her ex-husband had a moment. They had their miracle moment. The miracle came. She went to him and she said, well, something like, um, well, congratulations. These are our children. And they just got married. And she had reached her hand out like that, and he'd reached his out, and he burst into tears and sobbing. And she did too. A miracle from God. A miracle from God. And I ask you to pray with me that this will continue. This will continue. Huh? And then he came and he, he hugged her. And they embraced, and he hugged Lonnie, and he hugged me before at the wedding with tears. When we let it go, 
the last, <laughs> the last stronghold. Let it go. Amen? Do you know what that can do for my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren, and my seed going forward, that the enemy, that the snake, the deceiver, can no longer deceive. O people of God, contend for him in the impossible places and the mountains of impossibility in your life. I want to say he is, we saw the glory of God. The light was shining that day. It was glorious. The word says the heavens declare his glory, and they were, and the eagles are flying, and manifestations happening all over. It was amazing. And then here's a cl short clip. Um, can you start it from the beginning? Um, who's starting it? Here. And the music. It's... Okay, it's not playing the music, Chris. Yeah, or whoever. Okay, we'll start. We'll start it over again. We'll start it over again. Okay, that's me and my daughters, Bonnie and my daughter Sheree. There's the Grand Tetons in the background. that's fast and Facebook put that together but I wanted you to see it and know the story so thank you for my your prayers for me and Lonnie and our family and our children all these years for the enemy has tried to destroy and get to us and destroy us anyway he could and these are the issues of our life these are the heartbreak things but the glory of God 